Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those red swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauly on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go. Here on a Tuesday night, we welcome you in. It is time for another Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauly. Have you till 8 o'clock tonight, a full two-hour program, just like last night. We'll also have a full two-hour program coming up on Friday. We'll get it done a little early uh, tomorrow for SLU Women's Basketball and then on Thursday for uh, NFL Football. But we got a lot coming up here on the program tonight. In about 10 minutes, Stu Durando from the Post-Dispatch and STL Today he is going to join us as we'll talk uh, all things uh, SLU athletics, specifically SLU men's uh, basketball with him. Later on in the hour, Adam Spencer is going to join us. He is a writer for uh, Saturday Down South. They do a great job covering the SEC, and we'll talk with them about uh, Missouri and SEC football overall. And then uh, next hour, we'll be joined by uh, St. Louis University women's basketball coach Rebecca Tillett after they had that huge win against Missouri on uh, on Sunday, as you hear heard right here on KMOX. We'll talk with uh, Coach Tillett as it just seems like there is so much momentum uh, around her program coming off of a conference championship and an NCAA tournament appearance last season, and then to get a win against a Power 5 opponent this early on in this season, it's uh, it's really good. So those are our guests tonight. We've got a fair amount of uh, baseball stuff to get to. I uh, want to get into some moves the Cardinals made. Also, uh, Major League Baseball qualifying offers being turned down today. Nothing, most, almost all the time, the, the qualifying offers get turned down. The one of most note today, Aaron Nola had the qualifying offer. He turns that down. So if he ends up signing with a team that's not the Phillies, the Phillies are going to get some, uh, some draft pick compensation. So the Cardinals will be in on some of these players, specifically Aaron Nola, who uh, had the qualifying offer and then turned it down. When you turn down the qualifying offer, you know that there's going to be a lot of money on the other side. And I don't think there's any doubt on any of the players that did turn down the qualifying offer today. So we'll get into that. As far as the Cardinals moves, I don't um, I don't think anything. Um, oh, we just got some breaking news, by the way. Just a moment ago, Skip Schumacher. National League uh, Manager of the Year. Just seeing that. So uh, congratulations going out to uh, to the former Cardinal, former Cardinal bench coach. Just seeing that Skip Schumacher has been named officially the uh, National League Manager of the Year for what he was uh, able to do with the uh, Miami Marlins uh, this year. So well-deserved. His first year as manager, and he was named Manager of the Year. So again, that's uh, that's just breaking news coming down. Uh, certainly big, uh, big congratulations going out to him. 
As far as the Cardinals moves today, I don't think anything was overly shocking. Uh, they select the contracts of three players to get them onto the 40-man roster. Today was the deadline to do that, to make sure that uh, a player does not become uh, able to be plucked by another team via Rule 5. Uh, so the Cardinals today, uh, they select the contracts of right-hand pitcher Adam Kloffenstein, also right-hand pitcher Sim Reversa, and catcher Pedro Pajas, as uh, they are all on the 40-man roster to make room for those players. Packy Naughton has been outrighted to Memphis. Left-hand pitcher Connor Thomas has been designated for assignment. And right-hand pitcher Wilkin Rodriguez has been outrighted. He's elected free agency. Reportedly, there is interest in the Cardinals in uh, keeping him in the organization, but he'll see what else is out there. There's a chance that he could uh, could return, but we'll just have to wait and see on what's going to uh, happen there. Um, just looking on uh, on social media today and looking at Cardinals Twitter, there's a little bit of um, consternation about some of the players who remain on the 40-man roster. Uh, one of the names I saw most often uh, that people were frustrated with was uh, Michael Ciani, that he is still uh, on the 40-man roster. I guess I don't get too worried about it on a day like today because the 40-man roster, and this year more so than almost any other year in recent history when it comes to the Cardinals. The 40-man roster as it sits right now is about as fluid as we have seen it in quite some time because the Cardinals are probably going to be pretty active in free agency. And every time they sign somebody, they're going to have to move on from a player who's on the 40-man. So just because you clear the 40-man spot today and you're still on the roster, that doesn't mean anything for the rest of the offseason and so I'm not overly worried about players who did stay on the 40-man roster, players who uh, did not. There's a bunch of guys who are on the 40-man roster at this very moment who bluntly are not going to be on it uh, once spring training gets underway. It's just it's not going to happen. There's going to be too many players that are brought into the organization. And unless you're trading away some of these guys uh, to open up spots, you're just going to have to move on from them. And we'll see whether how many of them even stay in the organization after that. But uh, I'm not, I'm not overly worried. I know some people are talking about the, the players that you could end up losing because you didn't protect them by putting them on the 40 man roster today. And I'm not trying to completely dismiss that at this point in time, but if it's not a clear decision, just like an easy decision to be made, kind of a 50-50 type call, and those players probably, the, player number 40, player number 39, player number 38 on the 40-man roster right now, whoever it is, there's a very good chance that those players are not going to remain on the 40-man roster. So if it was kind of a 50-50 call from the organization on whether or not they wanted to protect a player by putting him on the 40-man and then what player that they might have removed from the 40-man to to make that happen. Well, if you're talking about those type of decisions, um, in all likelihood, whoever that player is that gets protected doesn't have, isn't long for the 40-man in the, in the long run anyways because, again, you are going to be bringing in a fair amount of free agents. You would think, you would think if the Cardinals do essentially what they have 
indicated that they are going to do. There are going to be some free agent signings this year, and there's going to be some 40-man implications when it comes to that. All right, uh, we'll get more into baseball. We'll get more into the qualifying offers coming up uh, later on this hour. We'll talk a little bit about it uh, next hour as well. But we've got a couple guests in our next segment, including Stu Durando covers the uh, SLU uh, men's basketball program, SLU athletics overall, and uh, they've got uh, a big week coming up. We'll talk with Stu coming up in just a moment as we roll on. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. They have missed rebound Dogger, and that's going to do it. Dribble into the front court. Two, one, and the Billikens hang on. 80 to 71, the final. It wasn't easy. No, it wasn't, but uh, the Billikens have done everything that uh, they're supposed to do. At this point in time, they've won all their games. They're 3-0. and uh, They've got uh, a couple games of note against Southern Indiana and Illinois State where they played uh, pretty well. Those are good wins. And now they get ready for the Myrtle Beach Invitational that's going to begin on Thursday. You're going to get some afternoon basketball here on KMOX. It's all going to get started coming up on Thursday afternoon at 1 o'clock. To talk uh, all things Billikens basketball, we're happy to welcome on to the program. He is the uh, beat writer for the Post-Dispatch and STL Today covering uh St. Louis University. He is Stu Durando. You follow him on Twitter at Stu Durando. Stu, good to talk to you as always. How are you? Hey, good. How you doing, Matt? Doing all right. Um, this uh, the the start to this season. You know, it's hard to really evaluate a team uh, as they get going in the first week or so of the year. But it feels like the start of the season has been about everything that they could have hoped it to be. Is that a, a fair assessment? Yeah. Well, they've done the main thing, which is avoid upsets and. Um, you know, you talked about that. It wasn't easy against uh, Illinois State, um, which in the end it, it looked like it wasn't. But really, for 28 minutes, it was easier, I think, than they, they expected in building that huge lead um, before they didn't make a shot for the last 13 minutes, which is kind of inexplicable, <laughs> but um, it happened. So 
uh, build a big enough lead against um, a decent team um, that going 13 minutes without a field goal didn't hurt them uh, in the end. And they're, um, you know, they sweep it home in a heavy schedule, uh, three games in six days, and now they'll get tested on the road or neutral court, I guess. The the player who's leading the team in scoring right now, largely because of his effort in the first game of the season, is Terrence Hargrove Jr. He's been he's been pretty good, especially the first game in this most recent game uh, where he put up a, a good point total as well. It's it, how hard is it though at this point in the season to evaluate these kind of performances and try to figure out if what they're doing is sustainable? Yeah, sure. You know, the question is if. Uh, Hargrove has to play the center spot undersized for a long stretch of time. Is that sustainable? So mm-hmm. that, that's one question. Um, they do have some reinforcements now, so it's not like he's going to have to play their 35 minutes a game. Um, I don't suspect he's going to end up leading the team in scoring, and I don't, I don't think he would um, even necessarily expect that because you got several people in the backcourt, uh, Gibson Jimerson and Sincere Parker specifically, who – we're more known, known more as scores, and they're going to probably be the guys who emerge as the top uh, point producers. But Hargrove has done um, a pretty good job so far playing an undersized center position. He's playing a, he was facing a 7-1 guy the other night and giving up uh, eight, nine inches. And, um, you know, they like that. They kind of like that small lineup. And even though they've got the big guys now that can come in and, and give him a, a break, um, I think the more majority of the time, um, unless we hear something on Brad as a uh, transfer waiver request, we're going to continue to see Hargrove heavy minutes at the five. What that always frustrates me when you get into the season and the NCAA still hasn't made uh, decisions. Where do, do you have any idea, or do you know what's wh- where everything is at with with because they've got it, it's been such an odd off season where there was multiple players who were waiting for answers from the NCAA. Yeah, it's been a weird couple of weeks, and there's, um, you know, you never know exactly where things stand. Uh, there's just a lot of scud only here, rumors and discussion about it. But um, in terms of as a Wero situation, you know, there's still NCA is still ruling on some of these two-time waiver requests. Um, so it wasn't unexpected that this could go into the season. I have a feeling it'll be sooner than later at this point. I. I um, I understand. I don't think it's going to drag into December or anything like that. So um, it's a matter of just uh, finding out what the NCAA is going to rule on this. For the most part, they've been saying no to the two-time waiver request, but there have been some that have been cleared to go. So uh, they're keeping their fingers crossed and that they're hoping to know pretty quick here. At some point, do you think the coaches, because this is going to continue on because we're going to see transfers, more and more transfers probably on an every year basis, just the way with college, where college basketball is at. At some point, do the coaches need to come together and make this one of their points of emphasis with the NCAA, that the NCAA does a better job of uh, getting these decisions made in a more timely fashion? Yeah, but, you know, nobody really tells the NCAA what to do. They kind of do things on their own schedule and the way they want to do. You know, coaches had pretty much wanted, I think, to not have the two-time transfers this year. Um, And it was allowed for players to apply for waivers, and there were a lot of waivers. In fact, as of a couple weeks ago, there were still teams that were apparently filing waivers for players for this season. 
And um, I don't know how they expect those to get ruled on when SLU hasn't had one ruled on for months. But, um, yeah, I think eventually you're – I mean, the, the two-time transfer thing is just going to go away. And if you – you know, it's for immediate eligibility. And if you want to transfer a second time, you're just going to have to sit out and there won't be any waivers. Uh, this is a big week for this team. They'll take on Wyoming on a neutral floor on Thursday. Uh, they'll play either Charleston or Vermont on Friday, and then they'll match up against Wichita State, Coastal Carolina, Furman, or Liberty in the final day of the tournament as they'll play uh, three games over four days going Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Obviously, that's some good competition. It's neutral court uh, games, which is something that they hope to be playing a, a bunch of late in the season. Uh, how important of a week and how good of an experience is this for this Billikens team that's still kind of putting themselves together. Yeah, exactly. They're putting themselves together, and it's just going to be kind of the pro- progression of finding out where they stand at this point with this kind of um, unusual alignment that really Travis Ford's never used before at SLU with uh, four guards and and the, around a guy in the middle. And it's a pretty good tournament. I think this was a good um, scheduling move on their part to get into this event because you've got a lot of – similar programs, I think. And, um, you know, Wyoming's been uh, a solid program in recent years. Uh, Vermont, who they could potentially play on the second day, was in the uh, tournament last year. Uh, Wichita State, we know what they have done and so on and so forth. So this this is a lot of good similar programs that I think will be a good test over four days and um, allow Travis Ford to really see and maybe settle on some type of – rotations and uh, combinations that he wants to, to use going forward. Just a couple more moments with uh, Stu Durando from the Post-Dispatch and STL today. You mentioned the alignment that they're using with the the four guards and the one big. The, you have Gibson Jimerson, but outside of that, there's there's not a lot on this roster that's in the same role that they have been in in previous years. You either have y- younger players stepping into new roles or you just have new players overall. Do you get the sense that Coach Ford and his staff have enjoyed the the type of coaching job that's in front of them this year, which is very different than the type of coaching job they had last year? Yeah, well, from what my, the indications I get is that, uh, you know, Travis likes the um, formation of the team, the pieces that are there. It's a much more um, athletic, uh, quick, fast type of team which I think is what he was uh, kind of aiming. He wanted to be a little more physical. That remains to be seen, whether they're more physical than they have been in the past. But um, he's excited. And there's, I can tell about the, the prospects of being able to use the athletes he's got to to, to play a faster tempo. Um, they've been fun to watch so far against the three teams they've played. You know, the challenges are going to get greater in terms of wanting to impose their style on teams. But um, I think moving forward, it's going to be a team that's that is enjoyable to watch, just because it's it's different and it's going to be fast paced, um, you know, for a Travis Ford team. And um, yeah, I I, I think uh, I I don't think at all that they don't think that they have the pieces that they need to do what they want to do. He is Stu Durando, covers the Billikens for uh, the Post-Dispatch and also STL Today. Stu, it's a great time for SLU Athletics right now. Women's basketball coming off the win against Missouri. The women's soccer team uh, got a win in the NCAA tournament. They're going uh, out east uh, this weekend. I mean, this is this is a really good time overall for that athletic department. Yeah, that basketball game the other day against Mizzou was a really great game. Um, 
And uh, the women's soccer program is just, you know, that's, that's the best program at the school right now. I mean, they, they turn it out now every year. They're loaded with talent, overloaded. I mean, they have starters on the bench. Um, you know, they're a top 25 program um, every year now. And um, she's got that thing rolling. So they're going to try for the first time ever to get two wins in the tournament on Friday when they play Georgetown. Yeah, we'll see how they do. Uh, Stu, thank you uh, so much for your time. I hope to catch up with you again uh, real soon. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. You bet. That's Stu Durando joining us here on the program. Speaking of women's, we'll have a short show tomorrow for SLU women's basketball. Uh, so Coach Tillett, the women's basketball coach, she's going to join us in about a little bit less than an hour here on the program. And then we are, uh, we're efforting for tomorrow. Uh, we'll either talk with uh, Coach Shields, the women's soccer coach, or we might get one of the players from the team on. We'll get somebody from uh, SLU women's soccer on tomorrow to uh, preview what's going to be coming up uh, on, I believe it's Friday for them as uh, they've got a huge, huge opportunity in uh, in front of them. It's going to be uh, it's really cool. It's really cool what the women's soccer program is doing and they've been doing it for a while and now uh, Friday at 2 in the afternoon uh, in, uh, at uh, the home of Penn State in University Park, Pennsylvania they're going to match up against Georgetown. Alright, we'll take a break and uh, when we come back we're going to talk uh, Mizzou football SEC football overall. Adam Spencer from uh, Saturday Down South He's going to join us in just a moment or so as we roll on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. A great bar sports open line continues right here on KMOX. We're going to head back to the Quiver River Electric guest line. We're very happy to uh, be able to welcome on the program. You read them at Saturday Down South, which uh, if you are not a regular reader of Saturday Down South, I would argue uh, there's nobody better at keeping you updated on what's going on across the entire SEC than the good folks at Saturday Down South. And part of that team is Adam Spencer. You follow him on Twitter at Adam Spencer 4 He joins us right now. Adam, thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, Missouri. They're coming off just a dismantling of, of Tennessee this past week and going in Tennessee was favored, even though the game was in Columbia. They're right next to each other at that point in the college football playoff rankings. What did it mean for Missouri, maybe for a respect from around the rest of the SEC, what did it mean for Missouri not just to win that game on Saturday, but to win it in the fashion that they did? Yeah, I mean, I know that there was a lot of chatter going into the Georgia game about how that was the biggest game for Mizzou in like a decade since, you know, the 2014 season when they won the SEC East, you know, I, I didn't really see it that way. I mean, I'm, I'm very glad that they competed with Georgia. They did that last year. Uh, you know, it was a good confidence booster, but uh, this Tennessee game to me was the one that I had circled, uh, you know, after losing 66 to 24 the past two years, you know, that was a game that you just absolutely had to have. And so to not only win, but to like win it, decisively that's just not something that 
we've seen from past Mizzou teams. You know, even even earlier this season, the Kansas State win was a win that w- almost seemed, uh, you know, to be in spite of coaching and stuff like that. So. I just thought that that Tennessee game was so important. It, it was a statement game. I mean, they did whatever they wanted. You know, Tennessee was boasting a pretty good run defense coming into to the game. I think that I don't think that they had allowed a 100-yard rusher all year. Um, and well, I guess they still haven't allowed a 100-yard <laughs> rusher because uh, Cody Schrader ran for 205 yeah. on them. So, so you know, I, I think that uh, that was a, just a statement win. You know, now 10 wins is still a possibility. You know, this program isn't ready to challenge Georgia for the SEC East uh, title on a yearly basis, but it is ready to take a step into competition to consistently be the number two team in the SEC East that can every now and then maybe challenge Georgia. So this was a big step in that direction, and it was just a really, really great win all around. Where does that, if they become that program, if they become a program that probably along with Tennessee and maybe Florida to a lesser extent, uh, if those are kind of the programs that are contending for that number two spot and maybe every once in a while on a great year you happen to knock off Georgia, where does that put you amongst the kind of the the tiers of the SEC? Are you a top third SEC team at that point? I mean, you look at the West and and you know what you have in Alabama and you know what you have in, in LSU. It's... I. I feel like Missouri is a really good team, and it seems like they can play with anybody in the league at this point. But I also don't totally know where to put them in just of like where they're at tier wise in the conference. Yeah, I mean, I think that that would be a, a, if they can consistently do what they're doing this year. Um, then yeah, I think that you have to consider them a top tier program, and uh, the way that Drinkwitz is recruiting, and the way that uh, you know they're bringing some talent in through the portal. I mean, you know, Luther Burden was a great recruit signing. Theo Weiss was an elite uh, transfer signing. Uh, Cody Schrader came in from a D2 school. Brady Cook, you know, was a high school signee. So they have a good mix of of both high school recruiting and transfer portal additions. And that's the way you build a roster these days. So, but, you know, on a macro level, if you're a top third SEC team, well, next year the playoff expands Mm -hmm. and, you know, if you know, we'll see after this Duke Michigan State college hoops game that's going on right now. But you know, Mizzou, when these college football playoff rankings come out, they might be right around 12, 11 outside chance at top 10. I don't know if they'll get up to the top 10, but uh, you know, you figure they'll leapfrog Ole Miss, they'll leapfrog Tennessee. So there's two right there. So they you know, now you're at, at least 13, 12 range. Um, so you know, I think that uh when you get to that level, if you're a top third team in the SEC, then you're in the top 15 and moving forward over the next few years, when the playoff expands, that puts you in a spot where you can make the playoff. And I mean, that's not something that was probably going to happen for Mizzou, except for once in a very, very blue moon um, in a four team playoff. So they're positioned really well to take advantage of this expansion moving forward. I'm a fan of Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin, but I thought it was interesting in a kind of a negative way of what he had to say this past week, and especially when you compare it to what's going on at Mizzou, because Ole Miss, 
they get run off the field by Georgia and Lane Kiffin. Admittedly, he blames himself, but he blames the recruiting and the lack of five stars compared to what Georgia's doing. Missouri has played Georgia very tough each of the last two years. They're kind of in the same spot as Ole Miss. You could even argue that Ole Miss recruits a little bit better than Missouri uh, in in some areas, and you just you don't hear those sort of things coming from from Eli Drinkwitz. So what what is Missouri doing that Ole Miss is not doing that results in those comments that we get from Lane Kiffin after the game this past weekend? You know, I think that this all just goes back to just where this program was under Barry Odom. For some reason, Barry Odom didn't recruit St. Louis very hard and didn't get a lot of recruits from that area. Um, You know, Ole Miss has a little bit of a foothold in Memphis. That's pretty, that's pretty close by. So they, you know, they get some guys there, but St. Louis has proven itself to be a pretty talent rich area over the years. You know, some of these elite guys that have, you know, like the Ezekiel Elliott's of the world that have gone on to, uh, you know, the Ohio States, Notre Dame's uh, back in the day, the Nebraska's, um, the Oklahoma's, these guys are staying at Mizzou now. Uh, Luther Burden really started that trend or, you know, continued that trend, but like really gave it a big boost to show, Hey, like you can be a top five national recruit and still go to Mizzou and have success and position yourself to be a top 10 pick in next year's NFL draft. So, you know, he sort of continued that blueprint. Drinkwitz is doing a great job of recruiting St. Louis. And it's, it's awesome to see that Ole Miss doesn't necessarily have that, uh, that like, that city that they can put a border around and keep all those top guys home. Um, but, you know, I, I like Lane Kiffin too, but if, you know, we'll see what he's about over these next few weeks, because if he wants more recruiting money, if he wants, uh, you know, more NIL money, well, uh, a fellow SEC West program uh, just opened up <laughs> out there in college station that uh, has, you know, a hundred million dollars to burn just to not have to deal with Jimbo Fisher anymore. So, uh, you know, if he if he's all about the money and the in the recruiting budget, and uh, you know wants to recruit better, well, Texas is uh, about as great as it comes when it comes to high school football. So, you know, we'll see if uh, if Lane Kiffin's just venting after a tough loss, or if he's serious about you know going where the money goes. What was more surprising, Jimbo Fisher being let go with that amount of money attached to him, no offset language, he's he's got it made, or Zach Arnett getting fired without even getting the opportunity to finish his first full season? Yeah, I think I think the bigger surprise was Jimbo Fisher. Um, I I thought that he was going to get at least next year with uh, you know the 2022 historically great recruiting class that he brought in. Well, they'll all be juniors the ones that are still around they'll all be juniors next year i thought he caught a tough break with uh connor weigman going down because uh, i think connor weigman could be a really really good you know top five top four sec qb when he's healthy um you know so i i thought that uh i thought that for sure they were going to give him at least next year or at least let him start next year and then maybe fire him if things weren't going their way next year but uh i'm not surprised by zach arnett uh he just he really changed way too much. I mean, yes, Will Rogers got injured, but Will Rogers was not the same. You know, you have an air raid quarterback, and then you just completely change the offense around him. And, uh, you know, I think Zach Arnett just uh, really got too caught up in trying to put his stamp on the program, and that just meant dismantling the infrastructure that Mike Leach had set up, and uh, it backfired in a big way. So I, I was not super surprised to see 
him get the axe. I thought maybe they'd wait until the end of the year at least. But uh, yeah, Jimbo Fisher, I was I was a bit surprised by because of the price tag and uh, just that recruiting class that uh, he could have used maybe one more year with. He is Adam Spencer. He covers college football, covers the SEC for Saturday down south. Just for folks who maybe aren't familiar with the site, and there you, the the amount of content that you guys are pushing out on an everyday basis, and every single team uh, has their own page on there where you can keep up with uh, news. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. So give a plug for uh, what you guys have going on at Saturday down south. Yeah, I mean we we're covering everything. Uh, you know we've got college hoops going now too. Uh, you know, on Saturdays, we're super busy Sundays, uh, you know, cranking out 100 articles a day on news and, uh, you know, dozens more of, uh, of longer column stuff. So, yeah, Saturday down south, just bookmark it. Uh, we have we'll have you covered whatever you can think of, whatever you need. Adam, great stuff. Thanks for coming on and uh, we'll get you on again sometime in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. You bet. That's Adam Spencer joining us on the program via the Quiver River Electric guest line. We'll take a break, come back, talk a little blues hockey as they get set to play tonight. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's a great bar sports open line here on KMOX Blues Hockey. They are continuing to play some pretty good hockey right now. Coming up with some wins. They have won four of their last five. They're seven, five, and one. They're in the best stretch of the year. And tonight they've got a pretty good opponent on their home ice as they're going to match up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning are six, five, and four. I would argue that they are a little bit better than their record would indicate. Earlier today, uh, Blues head coach Craig Berube speaking with the media, and uh, he gave his general thoughts on the team he's matched up against tonight. Well, they got great, great players over there. We all know that. Um, you know, lethal power play. We got to be disciplined, but we got to check hard tonight. You know, we got to really do a good job. They're a competitive team. Um, you know, hardworking team with skill. That's uh, a dangerous combination, and. Um, you know, that's why they've been good for as long as they have. So we got to do a good job against that, you know, their top guys for sure. And, you know, keep playing our type of game that we're playing right now and not get away from it. So you look at what they're doing right now and winning four out of their last five. And defensively, they've taken a bit of a step forward. One of those defensive pairings, Tori Krug and Justin Falk. And Barubi says that those two are showing a pretty good chemistry right now. It goes back a few years now, I think, that when we put them together, they just, they've always had real good chemistry with the puck. Um, I think more than anything, uh, the puck movement uh, between the two of them. Um, they read off each other really well, um, who's joining the rush, and they cover up for each other. And um, they've you know, been good defensively. I think they both competed hard in our zone and killed plays and done a good job there. Anything, I mean, this year, though, just anything specific that's really jumped out at you, though? Krug's defending has been really good this year for me. I think that he's playing a highly competitive game right now um, in the D zone. Um, you know, offensively, the numbers aren't as good as he wants them to be or we want them to be. I mean, I think that's not from a lack of opportunities or try. 
it just wasn't clicking. So I'm like I said, you know, the power play. He was part of that uh, power play last game, and they produced. So I think that'll obviously give him a little bit of confidence. But like I said, overall, they just they've been real aggressive in our zone and and doing a good job there, killing plays and and breakouts and things like that. And like again, they have good, they just have good chemistry together. Last thing from Baruby, he likes what he's seen from uh, all of his lines here at this point in time. I just, I think overall, um, you know, we're getting good work from all the lines of what their job is and what they're doing. Um, you know, Sonny and Blazer and Neighbors have been a real good identity line, in my opinion, and also they've, you know, scored some goals for us and. Obviously, Sonny on the on the penalty kill has done a good job, but you know that line's been a real good identity line, a forecheck line, a heavy line, and they're they're playing to that identity. Um, you know the other two lines, like I think they've been doing their job. They play against the top lines and other teams, and overall, I'm pretty happy with what they've done um, from um, you know a checking standpoint to. A production standpoint, yeah, Jordan Cairo's not, the puck's not going in the net like, you know, he wants it to, but the chances are there and it'll eventually go in. That is Blues head coach Craig Berube as they are in action tonight, taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning, looking to win their fifth of their last six games if they can come away with the win tonight. One hour done, one more to go. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.